the world bonds. It's Friday the 19th of January 2024. This is for professional investors only and never ever investment advice. I'm just back from a trip to see clients in Milano. Uh, English people, you probably know it better as Milan. Over the past couple of decades, the Italian funds market has been one of the bigger buyers of fixed income, not just in Europe, but globally. Um, Aging, developed market economies have got lots of savings and they put them into relatively low-risk assets with decent yields. However, the thing that's come up in the past couple of years has been the fact that these flows seem to have slowed relatively rapidly. And whilst I sip on an espresso in a tiny cup, like uh, James Richardson on Channel 4's Football Italia programme, which introduced stylish football to uncouth British cloggers, have it, uh, back in the 90s. Let me tell you a couple of reasons why uh, funds flows seem to have slowed down. The first is quite obvious as you walk around the Milan city streets. Italian bond interest rates sorry, not bond interest rates, bank interest rates for retail investors have become really very competitive. So you see the advertising posters in the windows of banks and hoardings everywhere. And some of those advertising hoardings are plugging 5% rates for retail deposits. And that's obviously 50 basis points higher than the European Central Bank's main refi rate. It's quite rare that you you get that, um, that kind of positive Um, spread even though you should for credit risk reasons and so forth Um, generally banks pay less than they need well they pay what they need to rather than what is inverted commas fair so quite rare to see five percent rates in Italy from banks Um, and the second reason is kind of linked to this but is even more powerful and that sort of form of financial repression is taking place in some ways now the term financial repression is usually um, described as using regulation to make banks and institutions hold more government bonds. You might raise capital requirements, for instance, and that helps the state finance its budget deficits. Uh, Another way you could use financial repression as the authorities is to keep interest rates um, artificially low, below the rate of inflation, in order to allow that inflation to erode debt burdens for both um, the state and for highly indebted economies. So uh, financial repression can be used in a number of ways, normally seen as a a negative factor. But in this case, though, um, the state is offering extremely attractive interest rates to savers, um, together with tax advantages, in order to capture those savings to help finance rising budget deficits. So... Um, in this in this way, it's a it's a kind of positive thing that they're doing a, a carrot rather than a stick. So Italy's debt to GDP ratio, a kind of measure of um, how much it's borrowing compared to the size of the economy, it's probably the highest of the large European economies at 141%. As a comparison. US, Germany, UK are all hovering around 100% and the outlier in developed markets is of course Japan at 230%. So Italy's debt to GDP is high, um, but it's really the high state interest rates that it's now offering through bonds that it's offering to retail investors that's forcing those Italian banks to offer their own high interest rates in order to keep their deposit bases in the banks. So let's talk about what 
the high interest rates being offered by uh, the Italian state are. And remember, this is also a relatively important bit of context, that back in November, against expectations, Moody's, the credit rating agency, moved Italy's credit rating outlook from negative to stable. Um, And it was on the cusp of junk status before that, BAA3, And so it removed those expectations of a downgrade to junk bond status and put Italy's credit rating back on a a, a decent path. Now, the fears of the downgrade came after Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney's September budget had loosened fiscal policy um, and the 10-year bund to Italian government bond spread had widened out to about 210 basis points. To give you some context at the moment, Italy 10-year now at 390 and Germany 10-year at 235. So um, we're a long way away from those wides. Moody's said that they'd moved the credit rating to stable for three reasons. One, economic strength, although um, there's not a great deal of sign of that um, in the big European economies in the past two, three, four quarters. Secondly, healthy banks, which I think we can all agree the state banking sector in Europe is is way healthier than it has been for you know de- uh, many many years, decades probably. And finally, their debt dynamics, which Moody's um, said were improving. On that point, as part of the way of dealing with debt dynamics, it is now the government policy to get more of the nation's debt into public hands and um, you go back to October you can see government finance ministers stating this as a an economic goal to get the population effectively owning more BTPs BTPs are Italian government bonds um, but as a result of this policy the Italian government bond market has two new types of bonds. These have been existent for a while, but they're being used more and more. There's the so-called BTP Valore, and then an inflation-linked version of, um, of, of that called the BTP Italia. So there are two retail-specific types of bond being issued by, by Italy. Um, I guess you could put it in terms, it's a bit like national savings, but um, in bond form. And these bonds are advertised really widely on TV. Uh, I remember adverts in the past um, used those famous Italian footballers to extol the virtues of um, these bonds and to make the watchers of the adverts do some patriotic good by buying these things for Italy. So lots and lots of TV advertising, press adverts to encourage the purchasing of Italian government bonds effectively. There are also, as I mentioned earlier, some tax benefits to owning um, Italian government bonds in this form and other benefits as well in terms of how you, um, if you put your money into these things, they don't count as your savings when it comes to benefit calculations in some in some cases. So um, these things altogether make them look attractive. The yields are high. Italian government bond yields are higher than European bond yields and higher than some European credit yields anyway. So together, this makes these an attractive savings vehicle and more attractive than, to get back to the point from earlier, than vehicles like European corporate bond funds, for instance. So on the 9th of January last week, Investors put in for 10 times um, the amount available of a new BTP uh, Valore tranche 
or several tranches actually, and Italians now own, as kind of retail investors, around about 11% of the Italian bond market, and that's rising. Incidentally, those adverts are a little bit reminiscent of the adverts you saw during World War II to encourage, for instance, Americans to buy war bonds, you know, a great patriotic um, push to get people to put their money to help finance high levels of government borrowing. Um, There's a great advert, you can find it on YouTube, of Bugs Bunny dressed up as Uncle Sam singing uh, about the virtues of war bonds. Go and have a look at it, it's pretty easy to find. Italy's not the only Eurozone nation doing this. Belgium, on the same week, 9th of January, issued um, new bonds and saw about 72 billion of retail demand for a 7 billion bond issue. So it does look like domestic savings can help fill the gap from uh, foreign investors and institutions if they're going to be investing less in government bonds or if just simply the volume of government bonds is too high to, to, um, to rely on just those foreign investors and traditional ways of financing. So I think we're going to see more of this in years to come. Obviously, national savings is the UK's way of doing this, and we saw that one-year bond uh, with a 6.2% yield that uh, came for a, a few weeks in the UK towards the end of last year. So as governments need to borrow more, thanks to ageing populations and other things, um, this might be um, a way way to go. And you see in Japan, actually, most of the Japanese debt is domestically owned, not necessarily through this route, but through the insurance companies in particular. Okay, a quick recap from this week, and it's been a weak week in government bond land. Ten-year bonds now are generally 40 or 50 basis points in yield higher than from their lows in December last year. Um, US slightly less so, but the 10-year US Treasury is up at 4.14%, and um, you know it got down to 3.85 or something like that at the end of last year. Um, at the same time, a lot of this is down to pushback from central banks about the path of interest rate cuts over the course of 2024. I mean, here's... Um, a recent release from them. It's a release of the December minutes where they talked about, well, let me quote you directly. Concern was expressed that the sharp market repricing threatened to loosen financial conditions excessively, which could derail the disinflationary process. So that's from the ECB's December minutes. But that's kind of been um, the rhetoric from ECB and Fed members over the past couple of weeks. Elsewhere, another reason for weakness in the UK in particular, and we saw a lot of weakness um, a couple of days ago, was around UK inflation that came in stronger than expected. Although today um, there is some cold water being doused on the UK economy, we saw December's retail sales numbers from the UK, and that showed the biggest fall in retail sales since the COVID lockdown. So not even light for light, for light really. Um, we saw minus 3.2% in December and uh, the market was expecting a, a fall of just 0.5%. So a really significant uh, fall in retail sales in December and that's going to take something off um, Q4's GDP number as well. And so that could see a negative print for UK GDP for the fourth quarter and so we will be flirting with recession in the uk that's it for today that's it for this week have good weekends bye